And good afternoon, my Bible-loving peeps out there. Welcome back to the Word Encounter. We're going to pick up where we left off uh, with verse, uh, excuse me, chapter 43 of Genesis. We're going to pick up at the tail end of chapter 42. And if we recall, the sons had returned back from Egypt, and uh, they were afraid because they found silver in their satchels, and they didn't put it there. They were thinking that Joseph and the Egyptians would think that they stole it. And, um, and so they come back... <clears throat> And then in verse 36, uh, remember, they came back with instructions to bring, bring Benjamin back because Joseph wanted to see if they were telling the truth or not about their family. And so we see here in, in verse 36, their father Jacob said to them, it's me that you make childish, childless. Joseph is gone and Simeon is gone. Now you want to take Benjamin. Everything happens to me. So we see here that Jacob is lamenting the status of his life. Everything bad happens to me. He turned into a, a, a whining, sniveling baby, not recognizing and discounting all of the blessings that the Lord had bestowed upon his life. Now, everything bad happens to me. How many times do we do that? When we whine and cry about the status of our life, not recognizing all that has been done on our behalf. It's pitiful. We should not fall into that, but we do. So recognize that the next time that happens with you and don't let it stick around for long. And so <clears throat> we see here um, that uh, they're trying to commit, convince Jacob that we need to take Benjamin back with us. And so in chapter 43, verse 8, then Judah said to his father Israel, send the boy with me. We will be on our way so that we may live and not die. Neither we nor you nor our dependents, I will be responsible for him. You can hold me personally accountable. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, I will be guilty before you forever. If we had not uh, delayed, we could have come back twice by now. And so Jacob, excuse me, Judah is trying to convince Jacob to send the boy with me. Let him go. I'm guaranteeing you his safety. Everything is going to be fine. And so... <clears throat> That's what he's trying to convince him of. And so uh, finally, uh, Jacob says, okay, if you must, then you can take him and whatnot. But he's still in this woe of me status. And we see in verse 15, uh, because uh, Jacob told him to take more silver and do more things. And in verse 15, the men took this gift, doubled the amount of silver and Benjamin. They immediately went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to his steward, take the men to my house. And so they come back to Egypt. Uh, Joseph sees all his brothers now, and he tells his servant to take them to my house. If we drop down to verse 26, uh, when Joseph came home, they brought him the gift they had carried into the house, and they bowed to the ground before him. Now remember the dream that Joseph had, that they would bow before me, and they got all upset about it. But now this is exactly what's happening. And in verse 27, <clears throat> he asked if they were well, and he said, uh, and he said, how is your elderly father that you told me about? Is he still alive? Verse 28, they answered, your servant, our father is well. He is still alive. And they knelt low and paid homage to them. So they're still paying homage to Joseph and whatnot because they're still afraid about what may happen to him because they, they still have the silver on their mind thinking that Joseph might think that we stole this and we really didn't steal it. And so 
you know, there's, there's still some confusion with the brothers as far as what might happen to them. <clears throat> and so they're in the house. They paid homage to him. <clears throat> and so then Joseph tells his servants, you know, to serve the meal because they're going to have dinner. And in verse 32, they served, uh, they served him by himself. They served him, being Joseph, by himself, his brothers by themselves, and the Egyptians who were eating with him by themselves, because Egyptians could not eat with Hebrews since it was detestable to them. And so they have three separate things going on. Joseph is eating by himself. The brothers are eating by themselves. And the Egyptians are eating by themselves because they find it detestable to, to, to eat with Hebrews. Now, here's Joseph, second in command of Egypt. You know, he could essentially order people killed and whatnot. And they wouldn't eat with him because they found him disgusting, basically. And so just think of that. If you're if you are working for your boss and your boss invites you on a golf outing or whatever, and you decline because you find him disgusting, you know, and he knows that's why you decline. And and, and that's just that's just weird. But that was part of the cultural norm, I guess. And so we go on to verse 34. Portions were served to them from Joseph's table. Benjamin's portion was five times larger than any of theirs. They drank and became drunk with Joseph. And so they decided that, you know, they came back, they were going to revel and celebrate. And so they got lit. And that's what happened. And then we go on to chapter 44. And we see Joseph commanded his steward, fill the men's bags with as much food as they can carry and put each one's silver at the top of his bag. Verse two, put my cup of silver, put my cup, the silver one, at the top of the youngest one's bag, along with the silver for his grain. So, he, uh, so they did as Joseph told him. In verse three, at morning light, when the men were sent off with their donkeys, they had not gone very far uh, from the city when Joseph said to his steward, get up, pursue them. And when you overtake them, say to them, why have you repaid evil for good? Isn't this cup that uh, my master drinks from and uses for divination? What have you done is wrong or what you have done is wrong. So Joseph is setting them, setting them up, right? He's putting silver, more silver back in their sacks. And he put a silver cup in Benjamin's sack, the one that he uses for divination. And so, and then he tells his servant the next day to go get them and find them, overtake them, and then accuse them of this. And so uh, we go on. And into verse 10, we're still in chapter 46. Um, uh, Judah basically uh, says to him, look, if you find anything that we've done wrong, that I swear to you, we haven't taken anything. And if you find something, then, you know, I must, we all must die. And, and the rest of us will become your servants and your slaves and so on and so forth. In verse 10, the, uh, the excuse me, the steward replies, what you have said is right. But only the one who is found to have it will be my slave. The rest of you will be blameless. And so uh, in verse 11, so each one quickly lowered his sack to the ground and opened it. In verse 12, the steward searched, beginning with the oldest and ending with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. And so this is to everybody's surprise. Nobody knew that they were being set up. But yes, they were being set up. And to their surprise, you know, the cup is found in Benjamin's sack. And then they tore their clothes, you know, and, and, and they, they, you know, tearing your, tearing your clothes is a sign of, of being, you know, in, in, in a woeful state. And they returned back to the city where Joseph was. And so they get back to the city 
And Judas says uh, to Joseph, we are now my Lord's slaves, both we and the one whose possession the cup was found. In verse 17, then Joseph said, I swear that I will not do this. The man whose possession the cup was found will be my slave. The rest of you can go in peace to your father. And so Joseph knows what he's doing. He knows that they can't go back without Benjamin. He knows what he said. Hey, Benjamin was the one that was found with it. You guys are cool. You can go. And and, and so then Judah gives him a, a, a very grand speech. It's a, actually it's an awesome speech. And and so from verse excuse me, chapter 44, verse 18 uh, through about verse 32. He's given Joseph a speech with regard to why we can't go back without Benjamin, you know, and he's offering himself in exchange, you know, but, he said, but we, I can't go back without him and it killed my dad. And so in verse 33, we see this as this is the end of his speech. Now, please let your servant return or remain here as my Lord's slave in, pla in place of the boy. Let him go back with my brothers for how can I go back to my father without the boy? I could not bear to see the grief that would overcome my father. And so he said, I cannot go back. I cannot do this. You know, I can't go back without the boy. It'll kill my dad. We, please don't do this. And so in chapter 45, we see Joseph could no longer keep his composure in front of all of his attendants. So he called out, send everyone away from me. No one was with him when he revealed his identities to his brothers. So now Joseph is finally coming clean. In verse two, but he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it and also Pharaoh's household heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But they could not answer him because they were terrified in his presence. So they were still afraid, you know, about what might happen. And they're also remembering what they did to Joseph. And so it's like, is he going to want retribution? Is he going to come after us? What is the deal? So they're terrified. And then um, down in verse five, chapter 45, verse five, Joseph says, and now don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years and there will be five more years without plowing or harvesting. In verse seven, God sent me ahead of you to establish you as a remnant within the land and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. And so he's now essentially preaching to them. What you did, you did because it was preordained. You didn't know it. You thought you were getting at me. You thought you were trying to get rid of me for your own reasons and, purpose, and purposes. But it was you that was being used by God for his divine providence. And so <clears throat> it's amazing. And it says, uh, he has made me, he has made me a father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler over all the land of Egypt. And we see, so Joseph is, is, is telling them that he is now essentially the man in Egypt because of what they did. And so uh, we go on to verse uh, 16, when they're returning back uh, to Canaan, uh, to, to, to Jacob, uh, and to let him know what the deal is. And so, uh, oh, but before then, it says, when in verse 16, when the news reached Pharaoh's palace, Joseph's brothers have come. Uh, Joseph's brothers have come. Pharaoh and his servants were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals and go on back to the land of Canaan. Get your father and your families and come back to me. 
I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you can eat from the richness of the land. And so we see here that Pharaoh is now a part of God's plan. Go get your family, bring them back because I'm going to hook you up. I got everything ready for you. You know, this is incredible. And so we drop down uh, to verse 25 in, 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 excuse me, chapter 45. And so they went up from Egypt and came to their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan. Verse 26, they said, Joseph is still alive and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned and he did not believe them. But when they told Jacob all that Joseph had said to them, and when they saw the wagons that Joseph had sent uh, to transport him, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. So Jacob came back alive when he, when he discovered that Joseph was still alive. And then in chapter 46, we see that Jacob uh, and the crew are leaving for Egypt now. It says, um, that night God spoke to Israel in a dream. Jacob, Jacob, he said, and Jacob replied, here I am. In verse three, God said, I am God, the God of your father. Uh, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. I will come down with you um, to Egypt, and I will also bring you back. Or I will go down to you with you. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you back. Joseph will close your eyes when you die. And so the Lord is telling you know Jacob what's going to happen. You can believe everything you've heard from your other sons is true, because this is what I'm going to do for you. And, um, and so they go and, and then, um, they get to Egypt and in chapter 46, verse 29, Joseph hitched the horses to his chariot and went up to Goshen to meet his father, Israel. Joseph presented himself to him, threw his arms around him and wept for a long time. So he and his father are reunited and in verse 20, uh, then Israel said to Joseph, I'm ready to die now because I have seen your face and you are still alive. <clears throat> wow. Wow. And so can you imagine Jacob's feeling when he sees Joseph, all that has happened, the stage that he's now in, his position that he's now in, and oh, by the way, he has saved his family from starvation. Absolutely incredible. And we talk about Jacob's family, we were talking about a household when they went to Egypt uh, of about 75 people. So this was not a small task at all. And so, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this word. We thank you for being with us. And Lord, as we progress in this day, we just ask that your presence would be ever present and we would acknowledge what you would have us do on this day. In Jesus name. Amen. Pick up in chapter 47 tomorrow. All right, then.